Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, hello. I so look forward to these days and really hope that you do too. Let's have a chat about if and how your religious beliefs affect your afterlife experience. Ooh, <laughs> this is touchy or can be touchy, right? Because there are such strong belief systems in place while we even have holy wars, which is such an oxymoron, in the name of our religious beliefs. So certainly what happens to our souls after we die is very, very heavily covered in religion. Every time I think of this topic, it truly takes me back to when my son Brock was about four years old. He was, well, he was a far deeper thinker at that time at four than he is at 16. Just saying. Teenage years. In one of our conversations, he was in one of his very pensive states, and he said, you know, Mom, I believe whatever you expect when you die is exactly what you get. If you expect that Jesus is going to be there and meet you when you die, he will be. But if you think angels will be there, they will be. And if you think Buddha will be there, he will be. Wow, four years old. So conversations around religious beliefs and afterlife experiences always bring that memory up for me. And you may be going, all right, yeah, he was four, and so why are you telling us this? Well, a couple of reasons. Brock, like many children, have really, really vivid memories of past life experiences or interaction with the other side, and even some understandings and memories that mainstream society does not have. So at four years old, I found it very, very intriguing that he would have that on his mind. And also because it validated conversations I've had with spirits that have crossed over, which Brock would have no way of knowing. So let me share with you some of my observations and experiences. Both of my parents died of cancer, and as way too many people know, this is an awful, awful disease, and it does not result in a quick ending. With both of my parents, as they were nearing the end, and with mom for a longer period of time than with daddy, they both left their bodies and sort of went on adventures, I guess, maybe sort of like practicing on the other side. I don't know. I couldn't see what they were seeing, but I could feel their presence in other part of the room. They would even leave the the room in which they were and go into other parts of the house. It's sort of like, you know, in near-death experiences when people say that they went and saw in another room what was happening. Their loved ones were sitting there and they could talk about conversations That's exactly what it was. I could feel mom and dad moving around. In fact, at one point, and I would so love to have a painting commissioned of this. It was absolutely beautiful. Daddy was lying in bed, and I was holding his hand. He was completely unconscious, and this was only a few hours before he actually made his transition. 
I was giving him my permission to let go, which sometimes they need to hear because they're worried about the loved ones they're leaving behind. So what I said to him was, yes, I want you here, but I want you here whole, healthy, and complete. And we can't have that any longer. So I'm going to miss you in the physical. I'm going to miss holding your hand. I'm going to miss feeling your hugs and your kiss and hearing your voice resonate from this body. But we are so fortunate that we know I will still be able to see you and we'll still be able to have conversations. It will be different. And I was crying as I was telling him this, as the reality of not having the physicality was really setting in. And he left his body and came and stood behind me with his hand on my shoulder. You know, for me, this is such a beautiful and comforting picture that my dad is standing there and I could see how he was dressed and he was he was whole and healthy and complete in the soul form standing behind me and he had his hand on my shoulder consoling me as I was holding the hand of his dying physical body consoling him and giving him permission and assuring him that we would all be okay. Yep, someday I'm going to have that painted. <laughs> and then after he did cross over, when they, he was actually in a hospice house and they were preparing his body, I had to leave the room. But he came to me and he was wearing those same clothes that he was standing behind me in. And, oh, my gosh, he was radiant. He had the biggest smile on his face. And he was with my mom, his parents, and his siblings, and my brother. And then I could just see the shapes of who resonated with me as our ancestors for just so many of them standing behind him. I couldn't see faces, and I probably wouldn't know those faces anyway. But it was a knowingness, soul to soul, that they were our ancestors. And Daddy was just, had this big old grin on his face, and he said, you're right. This is wonderful. Everybody was, it was like they're having a party. So in my mind, this is what a typical death scene looks like. If you can put the dying person in the middle of your, of a page And on one side is the earth family grieving at the loss of their loved one. But on the other side is their soul family, the ancestors, the family and loved ones that have already crossed over in this lifetime. They are over there having a party. It's a celebration, a homecoming, because this family member is finally coming home. So before he actually died, and same with my mom, I was very aware, even though I didn't see all of them, I would feel other spirits coming in, like coming to visit with them on a soul level. I did see my mom's mom and my mom's grandmother come through, both to whom she was very close, and I was close to them, so their energy was very familiar to me. There were also angels that would come in periodically. Now, you always have angels present with you, but sometimes That angelic presence was just even larger, more loving, just just really more tangible. And then at mom's memorial service, both she and a huge angel were present. 
And they both just went sweeping down the aisle. So they were flanked on either side by the people that had come there to honor my mom. It was amazing. All right, those were the only two people that I have been in the room with when they made their transition, my two parents. So what were their religious beliefs? They both were born into, well, we're from the South, so they were both born into Baptist families. Mom married into a Jewish family and took on the Jewish faith. When they divorced, I guess mom did a beautiful job of blending Judaism and Christianity because we celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah. We're always up for a party in our house. I can't say that mom was a staunch believer in either, obviously, and she was very accepting of everybody. Daddy really maintained more of the Christian beliefs. He had a belief in Jesus and heaven, but I can't say that he was a real believer in hell But when he had a daughter who sees spirits and communicates with them, and we were really able to have great open conversations around my experiences, and then he saw my kids doing the same thing. So he sort of shifted his belief system based on those experiences. By the time they had made their transitions, I was pretty confident because of prior conversations with other spirits, so I did not ask them about the white light and the intense love because I had so many other spirits prior to them give me the same situation, the same scenario over and over. Regardless of their religious beliefs, when they made their transition, they were greeted by loved ones. They were greeted with enormous and accepting love. There was a white light Going to that white light is free choice, free will, but the closer they got to it, the more intense the love was. Also, more and more angels would join them and surround them with that love. Now, they could also stop at any moment. Let's say, you know, you're getting close to the light, and it doesn't matter how surrounded you are by loved ones and angels. If you say, hold the boat, I'm not doing it, then you don't go. It's up to you. And I'll talk about that in a moment because that has happened. Then once you're on the other side, there is a review of your life. This seems to transcend all religious beliefs. To me, this is the spiritual realm. It's not religion. You do have a review of your life, but it's not a judgment day as in you pass or fail. You go to heaven or hell. It's you and your soul team, all of the support, and you're surrounded by love. And you are looking at, wow, yeah, you know, maybe I could have handled that a little bit better. I could have been more loving in that situation. And you see all the great things that you did too. So it's you evaluating. Remember, you have free will and your soul chose what lessons you're going to go experience. So you're looking at that. Did I experience and did I learn those lessons? Did I bring those lessons into my life and live from that place? That's what you're looking for, growth. And how could I do it better? Sort of like at your job when you get your evaluation at work. What are your strengths? What could you do better? Not everybody chooses to cross over. We've talked about that, and I call them earthbounds. That's sort of the term for people who have died But for whatever reason, they choose not to go to the light. One of the reasons they may choose that is, in my experience, 
because of religious beliefs. They were so indoctrinated in this lifetime that you are going to go to hell because you are a sinner or you are going to purgatory because you are a sinner or whatever term for them it was. Or, you know, in their heart, they just felt like maybe I really don't deserve to go to heaven. They were afraid. It was very fear-based. Right here where I am, there's really nothing, but it's better than what it could be. So I think I'm going to hang out here for a while. And they can do that for a short period of time or indefinitely, totally up to them. You could spend an eternity right there. I've had that very conversation with many souls in the situation of being earthbound, of not wanting to cross over out of fear. And this is what I have shared with them. I'm going to share it with you. Other spirits, other souls that have crossed over have told me what it's like. Obviously, I don't remember from my personal experience. So all I can do is share with you what numerous gracious souls have shared with me. Look up and look behind you about where the crown of your head is. Look up there and you should see a light. It might be rather distant and it might look a little bit faint. That is the light of the creator of all that is of the infinite love, whatever your word for it is. You have complete free will as to whether you want to go or not. All you have to do is start thinking about moving towards that light and you go. There's no entrance exam here and no hoops you have to jump through. It's all intention. You can ask for angels and your angels will be right there. In fact, if you start looking around, you will notice that your angels are there and they will come closer, but you have to invite them. And you can ask even more angels to come. They'll go with you. If at any point you start getting closer to that light and you don't want to go, you can stop. Nobody has ever stopped that I'm aware of. Every soul that I've had this conversation with continues on. And sometimes we stay in communication and they will tell me about the amazing, intense love that they're feeling. They'll tell me that angels are coming and and that there's so many, like truly multitudes of angels. They might see family or friends that they recognize and they start calling out to them. It's like, oh my gosh, there's great aunt Gertrude or whoever. And you can feel their energy increasing and the love and their excitement. It is just so beautiful. A few have actually crossed over into the light at that moment. I lose contact with them. I have to assume it's because I'm not supposed to have contact with them at that moment. Some have come back to me like the next day or so and thanked me. They said, yes, you were right. It's beautiful. You know, and then they maybe have answered questions that I have shared with you on previous podcasts and future podcasts. This is where I get my information. People that have done this and they share the information with me. For my experience, the people that have chosen not to cross over right away do so for two reasons. One, out of fear because of religious teachings that have taught them there will be punishment. Or they've died really quickly and maybe don't know they're dead. And, well, that's just a whole different podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for all of you that have reached out through Facebook or through email I love to hear from you, your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, and podcast suggestions. You can get a hold of us at Majana at lifeafterliferadio.com. Until next time, namaste.